Hello, listeners. Welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey. It's a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experiences of freelancers. Today on the show, we've got Brent Baxter with Side B Productions. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. We've uh, been trying to kind of link up as we were talking just before this to link up and kind of hang out uh, for a while. I think we have... Uh, we've probably come in contact with each other, what, twice in the past? Yeah, I think Something we ran like into each other at Common Desk at one point in time. Is that and, where it was? Maybe I know there was Fiction Coffee. Fiction Coffee. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. That was the first one that I vividly remember. And it was one other time, either there or Weld, maybe. Oh, it was Weld. Yeah, that was the first time I met you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I didn't remember that one yeah. until at Fiction. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a like, oh, couple okay. years ago, probably. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, a little while. But I'll, I'm glad we could finally do this. Yes. Um, why don't you kind of introduce yourself, man? Kind of tell us about yourself. Give us your, your story. Cause I know yeah. just kind of what you've alluded to, uh, talking to you before we got on here. It sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a journey for sure. Yeah. So <clears throat> my name is Brent Baxter. Um, run side B productions. We create content for, you know, multiple companies for social media, website usage, um, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of companies, that's what they're doing these days is creating content. Um, it didn't start that way for me. You know, I was in the financial industry for 15 years prior to this. And one day I went to my wife and I said, Hey, I'm going to quit my job of 15 years and move on to something completely different. And, uh, is that cool with you? And she said, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. It's you know? pretty awesome. Yeah. So I was happy to, you know, get her blessing, I guess. Sounds like a very supportive wife. She's been, she's been patient, I guess would be the best yeah. way to put it. So it's good. Um, yeah, man, I'm, you know, I, I lost my dad in 2016 and he worked really hard his whole life in corporate America. And it ended on a really shitty note for him, you know, he, not to take this to a dark place, but he took his own life, you know, and his life was really focused on his job. He worked all the time. And I kind of found myself going through some of these same patterns. And so, yeah, I just, I guess to maybe honor his memory in a way, I wanted to do something that made me happy. So that's what kind of forced me to make that decision to, to move on from what I was doing. Cause I, I mean, great salary benefits, you name it. Right. And I left all that behind to, you know, push a shutter button, I guess, if you want to. Have you always had an interest in photography? Yeah. I've always enjoyed it. it. You know, like even, I mean, since my daughter is 20 now. And so ever since she was really little, I think that's when I really started enjoying it because I just wanted to document her years. And then I have a son who's 13. So he played sports and I kind of documented those years as well. And it just kind of led into something that I always joked. I always called it my medicine because when I felt stressed, if I just grabbed my camera and went out and shot landscapes or stayed up late to get like in a solar eclipse or something crazy like that, it just kind of centered me and made me just, it just quieted the, the noises in my head you know, the things I was stressing about for the moment. Yeah. That's cool, man. 
So then I guess with the, so then how did the transition kind of happen or what made you, you said you, you kind of decided you didn't want to do the corporate America stuff anymore. Yeah. So I, I'd been, I had been offering photography services on a part-time capacity okay. for a few years at that okay. point. So whether it was, you know, I did some sporting stuff for a local newspaper. Um, I was doing some stuff for some music blogs, which I really enjoyed. Not a whole lot of money in music <laughs> yeah. photography, unfortunately. Uh, but I, but I loved every minute of it. I had a blast. I had hey, some, it's not exactly in money. No, at all. It's <laughs> but like, it's, it's still rewarding. No, no. Yeah. You know, struggling artists, supporting struggling artists, yeah. you know, you can't, can't beat that. But, um, and then I, you know, I mean, just to kind of cut my teeth and learn off camera lighting and, and just getting, you know, getting the experience it did, I would pretty much take whatever job was thrown my way, whether it was a wedding or boudoir photography. I mean, you name it, I've been through the gamut. Right. But I think I learned pretty quickly that in general, as far as growth was concerned, it's really, it can be really hard just to focus on people if you're just capturing people versus working with businesses. Right. But, um, I did it part-time, so I had a good working knowledge. I felt like I had a decent, you know, business, what I wanted my business model to be or what I wanted to focus upon, which was more commercial photography. And so when I left, I already had a couple of clients lined up and ready to sign up on a retainer basis. Right. So when I left my job, I knew I had three customers that wanted to go on a monthly retainer and that I could depend upon X amount of income coming in every single month for at least the next 12 months or, you know, cause I had them under contract. Right. So that gave me the freedom to, you know, not stress about money or, you know, where, where food on the table was going to come from. I could just focus on those three customers. And then very organically from there, those customers started referring other customers yeah. to me. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't do a lot of advertising. Honestly, I'm the worst, although I'm creating social media content, I'm the worst at actually managing my own social media because I just, you're probably so busy doing the other stuff that it's hard to that and I'm a bit older than some of y'all, so I don't really, I just don't get into social media okay, as okay. much as other people. But I do take pride in the fact that if all social media platforms were to just disappear tomorrow, my business model is still sustainable. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know? that's good. What, uh, whenever you first started, you mentioned like before you quit your job, you were doing some freelance stuff for a couple of years and that you were kind of taking anything that would come to you. Where did that stuff start originally? I mean, were you like trying to get business or do people just start asking you about it or where did even the first kind of one start? Most of it was sports related, lots of sports photography. Um, Yeah. I'd I'd literally, you know, shoot the game that my son was playing in and then I'd post those pictures to social media (laughs) It was social media helped start my business, obviously. That's cool. <laughs> but, uh, and then other parents would be like, damn, that was, that was a great moment, you know, of a kid, you know, diving for the ball or, or, you know, whatever. I always thought I was pretty good at capturing good, solid moments. Like, action moments, plays yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And so then they just started asking me, you know, what would you charge to, 
come out and shoot my son. And so then I just started doing packages for the teams, right? So, you know, I don't know, a hundred bucks a kid and I'll come out and do two games, something like that. Right. And then I just, that flourished. And then it turned into doing some stuff for the Murphy newspaper. Um, I got an opportunity to go shoot X games one year, which was amazing. Um, and, and that's just kind of where it started. Basketball, baseball, you name it. And I, the funny thing is, is I'm not really a sports person at all, but it was just about getting the moment of some really cool shot, you know? And then I even at one point, this is where the banker in me comes out, but I would go home and I would, I would do ratios of how many photos I took at a game to determine my rate of success. Like how many photos did I deliver versus how many photos did I take? And it was pretty bad at first, you know, I would just kind of some spray and pray and, you know, maybe 20% of the images were good, but then I'd work towards like, I want 80%. Like, I don't want to be just snapping photos that don't mean anything, you know, yeah. like pay attention to what you're doing. Be more, yeah. more um, intentional, I guess, kind of with the, yeah. the, the, when you hit the yeah. trigger. Yeah. And then the music piece of it, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a local band called Loyal Sally. Uh-huh. There's a Michael and Bubba. Um, I, I played a show with them one time. Have you? I, I think. Those guys are, they're awesome. Like, love those guys. But uh, Michael's brother, Tori, and I went to high school together. And so they were doing a show. I can't remember where we were now. But um, they're like, hey, you want to come shoot the show? And I'm like, sure. And uh, that was that was my first show. And I was hooked after that. Like, hooked. I, I just, even though it was a total dive that they were playing in and there was no lighting whatsoever. What venue was it? I can't remember. Okay. It was here in deep, it was in deep Ellum. Double wide? Um, no. Three links. Dada. Mm -hmm. the, the door. They're, I think they're shut down now. Gyps, uh, profit bar. It's not profit bar, but it's the other direction. The other side? Yeah. So it would have been the door or gypsy tea room? No. I don't know. I'll remember it at some point. I, I told you I'm getting old, yeah. so memory is the first thing to go. <laughs> It just takes a little longer. You yeah. kind of warm it up and pull from the archives. I do remember it's one of those places you never want to go into when the lights are on because it's just, <laughs> you don't know. You don't just don't want to know, you know, it's just years and years of filth. And yeah. So that got you hooked though. You said that did. one show is like, yeah. So I followed them around a lot and then I just started meeting other artists, uh, parallel play. They're, they're disbanded now, but they've become, really good friends of mine. Pappy was their drummer. He's moved to San Diego now, but like he's, he's the guy that does, he's become a tattoo artist now. And so like he does all my tattoo work for me and they're just, he was a, by the way, he was a plumber before. And he's like, I want to become a tattoo artist. And he became like, how old is he when he did that? You know, Pappy's one of those guys that I think looks a lot older than he actually is. Okay. Sorry, Pappy, if you hear this, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th mid thirties, maybe something like that. Okay. So his and my stories are very similar, you know, cause it was funny. He like, he, he tattooed my hand this year when he came back to Dallas. And, uh, but for like three years, man, he's like, you know, you just, you just went into business for yourself. Like I'm not, I won't do your hand. I won't do your hands, your neck, your face, you know, all that jazz. And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, if this doesn't work out and you have to go back to corporate America, like, I don't want to be the guy that keeps you from that happening. I'm like, okay, well, you're a good friend and all, but, you know, 
Come on, man. I said, I'm done, man. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> when he tattooed my hand, that was like this stamp of approval, like, Hey man, you're, you're doing it, you know? So, and he's done the same. Like he still renews his license to be a plumber every year, just as a backup plan, you know, like, like that to him, he needs to have that to feel like, yeah. Like, Hey, there's something else there just in case things go sideways. It's not a bad idea. Sometimes it's not, it's not. But what, uh, I, so then what happened after you, you shot that show? What was kind of a story after that? Um, <clears throat> so, um, let's see, I guess I was shooting another one of their shows and I, I met a guy from uh, good bam show. It's, it used to be a music blog, Eric Macintosh, Mac Macintosh. He's become a pretty good buddy of mine too, but, um, you know, he had a full-time job. It was running a music blog on the side and, and he needed photos. And I mean, it was next, like, I'm talking like 35 bucks a show, you know, like enough to buy a couple of beers or yeah. pay for parking, that type of thing. But, um, Two slices I, of pizza. Yeah, exactly. But I just started shooting, I started shooting shows for him, you know, and, and he, I mean, eventually he got me to some pretty big shows, you know, like I've gotten to shoot Metallica a couple of times, which was awesome. Um, I, I mean, some, some good, you know, some good sized bands, which I remember the first time I did shoot a big band, I was like, you know, you, you get used to these venues. And so your settings are dialed in before you even walk up the stage. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what, what you're, you pretty much know what the room's going to be like. I'm like, I snapped the first photo and I'm like, Oh, I bump it down to like a hundred ISO, you know? And I'm like, Oh. This is great. Yeah, you're like, wow, <laughs> wow. there's a lot, there's actually a lot of light yeah. up here. It What's doesn't just look like here, it. Like, like, wow. It's it's ten o'clock at night. We're outside and you know, it was pretty cool. Thank the production uh, gods. It was Man. great. Thank the the big money bands, right? Yeah. Because I mean, they probably spend more on lighting than most of us make in a, you know, a year at one show. Uh-huh. You know? I believe it, man. Yeah. It was cool. But uh, yeah, and then I just, I mean, I continued to do that as for fun, but, you know, after a while, I kind of had to retire that, that passion, I guess, because it just wasn't, wasn't realistic that I could continue to do it and, you know, pursue a career in this business, right? Um, but if well, I, how come? Just of, because of money yeah, or because I it mean, just they, yeah. really paying? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know how many kids there are out there that want to go shoot a show? And, yeah. And, you know, they'll, I mean, I've seen people in the pit with iPhones and it just kind of breaks your heart a little bit, <laughs> but you know, I mean, they just don't seem to put a whole lot into the content these days. Yeah. Of the quality it's of so the content. Few, it's, things are such a flash in a pan a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. And so short lived that like, it's like, well, they just need a lot fast. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, every, if I get a phone call for a band that I enjoy now, you know, I'll go do it. I mean, I'll, I'll go do it for just the hell of it, you yeah. know, just to, to be back in that environment because I enjoy it, but I definitely won't give it, like replace it with another good paying gig, you know? So. so whenever you get to that point, are you still working at the bank at that point and doing that stuff? Whenever yeah, you're like okay, this is cool, but I can't make this is sustainable. Yeah, so I was still at the bank at that point in time. I had pretty much backed out of the music scene before I left the bank for sure. So, okay, 
And then I... So you just kind of like testing stuff out? Or you, were you just like having fun kind of basically doing yeah, stuff? Okay. Yeah, okay. really, truly, yeah. You I had, mean, like, were you thinking much of it as a business? I never looked at the music side of things as, <laughs> as a business. No. Okay. No. I, I never really saw an avenue that worked. I mean, unless you're a photographer who's, you know, in with like iHeartRadio or, you know, and I think a lot of those guys are going to be, you know, until they die, then you, they're not going to replace them. Right. You know, um, and I know those, even those guys, you know, I've got a good friend who does a lot for them and, and he's still, you know, that's not his main source of, you know, he's got to explore other avenues too. Yeah. Big so. name doesn't always just mean like great work or big money. Correct. Correct. So when I left the bank, uh, 44 build, I know Ryan Cheney really well, We've known each other for a long time and, um, and they do awesome work. You know, they've common desks, uh, stag provisions, you know, they, they've built some amazing stuff. And, um, so I was set when I left the bank that he wanted to go on to a retainer with me. And basically I did, you know, 20 hours a month of content for them, whether it be video or photos. And I, you know, honestly, I always probably did a lot more than 20 hours a month just because I wanted to provide them the best of the best of the best. And, yeah. and, and I had the time too. Um, so that's, I mean, with them, that's where it started with them and they built all the common desk locations. So organically, you know, I started working with common desk and they've built a lot of the bull Zerk locations and organically I started working with Dan at bull Zerk, you know? And so, um, you just provide good quality customer service, communicate with your clients and good work. And they don't have a problem with, you know, their partners are going to say things like, damn, we're, we're, who's doing this work for you. Right. And right, then yeah. they throw your name out there. And the next thing you know, you're in a room with them having a conversation too, you know? So, um, it's, it's really, it's so important how you interact with your clients. And I think a lot of people miss that these days. Mm -hmm. so. it, it took me a while to really kind of start understanding that a little bit, uh, and I think it really was whenever I started being able to take my feelings out of stuff a little bit and yeah. be more on just like, this is a business. This isn't personal. Yep. What? So whenever you were still working at the bank and you kind of at that point where you're like, well, you're like pulling out of the band stuff and the sports stuff and you're not really doing that kind of stuff anymore. I mean, it, was there a point when you said, you said there was a point when you, after your dad died when you realized that you didn't want to do this anymore and you were kind of want to do something different. So, mm -hmm. I mean, at that point where you already like was photography, something on your radar, you're thinking like, Oh, I want to do, find a way to do photography. Yeah. I mean, I or, was already, I was already pursuing, I mean, it was already a part-time business, right? So you so, were, you were already lining clients up yeah, at that oh, point. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, whether okay. it was corporate portrait sessions. The funny thing was, is so I worked for one of the big five banks, right? And, like once a month I would take like an afternoon off of work and then I would leave that bank and go over to another bank <laughs> and do all their new higher headshots. <laughs> so I'm like taking my bat, you know, like my key badge off from my bank. <laughs> Did they know that you were a banker? Uh, yes. Because the person who actually got me the gig, I used to work with her okay, at my okay. bank, right? And she's like, well, I know you're trying to do this thing. Like, do you want to start doing our headshots? I'm like, yeah, let's do it, you know? So <laughs> it was kind of ironic, but... You can bank on me. I'll yeah, take them. It was hilarious, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, I already, you know, I already, uh, you know, I'd work 
50, 60 hours a week at the bank, and then I'd work Sheesh. all weekend. I would do shoots in the evenings, whatever I had to do, you know? So, and it wasn't, it wasn't about the money at that point. It was more about the experience and just learning the trade, you know? Yeah. Okay. So then whenever you started, uh, I mean, at some point, obviously you decided to start trying to pursue it more, um, more as a business. Mm-hmm. And pursuing different clients, uh, what was your process for doing that, or like kind of what was going through your head? I mean, the the first thing you know, I was operating as a sole proprietor when I left the bank, as far as my photography business was concerned. So the first uh, the first thing I did was create an LLC, and then obviously I did you know a name change because I was just under my personal name at mm-hmm. that time, right? Um, got got to be legit, right? So bi- yep. the, the business piece of it. I think a lot of people miss that too, right? Like if you're going to operate as a business, you have to have a business. You got to have, you know, your bookkeeping. If you're not operating as a business, you're not a business. That's you're yeah. not really a business. Like <laughs> it sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's a t-shirt or something, right? Like if you're not operating as a business, you're not a business. <laughs> Maybe we could create a business based on that. Um, Freelance Friday quotes, yeah, on T-shirts or something like that. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know if you, I know a T-shirt company that could help us out. Maybe we need to do this. You know, Um, what was your question again? Uh, well, whenever so you said before you started, before you left the bank, that you Mm -hmm. were already like you already had you already had people lined up and ready to go, and you were already like shooting, yeah, for more like paid stuff, yeah. Yeah. And how did you, so how you did had, you like get those? Cause I mean, you, it was a referral basis too, you know, just people knew that you were, yeah. You know, other people I'd done portrait sessions for referred me to somebody else or, you know, people I've met in the industry. Right. Um, it, it was again, I mean, I know we talked about this beforehand, but it was still about relationship building and just trying to find opportunities. Right. So it's, you know, just kind of putting yourself out there and giving somebody a good experience. And, yeah. Were you turning work away at all? No, no, not really. No. I mean, there was probably work I should have turned away, but no. So then when did, I mean, I feel like at some point you probably had to start doing that. Turning? Or do you not turn business away really? No, I, I do. Or how does that? Um, it's, it's, it's more so, you know, I'm at a point now where I can determine if it fits within my wheelhouse, right? Okay, yeah. And so, and, and I mean, that didn't obviously happen overnight. I mean- you just, you have to focus on what you're, what you're good at. Right. And, and I did find really quick, like weddings is a perfect example. Um, I've got some stellar shots I've taken from weddings, but I just have no interest in weddings at all. Like my wife and I got married at the justice of the peace in Rockwall, you know? So it's just not our thing, man. Like we went to work afterwards. So I what did you do this morning? Oh, I got married. We did. Yeah. And then we went to work after, you know, it's like, <laughs> see you tonight. So I'm probably not the best person to be shooting weddings because I just don't get emotional about them. Right. Um, but I do feel like the result of your work, like your, your interest, <laughs> your interest in the, in what you're shooting is, is equally as important as the result. Right. So if you have no interest in the item or the product or the service, it's probably not going to be as great, you know, like architectural photographers, you know, you have experience working with a great one here in Dallas. Yeah. Wade's awesome. I promise you that he loves architecture. Oh yeah. Right. He's very passionate about it. So, 
um, anything industrial based or craftsmanship. To me, I'm really passionate about these guys put so much and girls put so much time and effort into, you know, creating these spaces or this bourbon or, you know, et cetera. You know, I'm inspired to capture it in the best light possible. Right. Just to make it look badass, you know, and if you don't have that drive to want to capture it in a really cool way or a great way, then you probably shouldn't be shooting it. Uh-huh. Right. So maybe be a little more selective in what you take on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go to a bank and, <laughs> and shoot videos <laughs> ever. <laughs> you get PTSD when you go in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like they're going to try to trap me there or something. I thank God I can do most of it on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't ever have to actually go to a they bank these days, the, really. They won't know the difference. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it takes time, but until that, that, uh, until it comes to that, you, you know, you have to just cut your teeth and and go second shoot weddings or, you know, do family portrait sessions or whatever you have to do to get there. Yeah. And I feel like doing that stuff, it kind of helps you learn what stuff you'd want to do and what you don't want to do. And you're like, well, I definitely don't want to do this. Yeah, for sure. What, uh, you mentioned whenever you left the bank, you had two or three people, clients ready to sign contracts like retainers mm-hmm. with you. What was kind of the process for that proposal or like, how did that whole relationship kind of that form? Like, obviously I'm sure it was another referral just from the stuff you've ta- told me so far True. of some like relationship somewhere along the way. But as far as the actual, like, Hey, how about we do, you know, a 12 month retainer? Mm-hmm. Is that something you propose to them or do they come to you and say, Hey, can you give us options or? Yeah, I proposed it to them, which in hindsight, I learned a lot from retainer based work. Um, it can be challenging to manage the, the time and, and also hard to, to relay that time to the client. Right. So there's a lot of trust involved on both sides of the fence, right? Because if you go, you know, shoot a video that takes you eight hours, I mean, you know, you might spend the next two days editing it, right? So if you're only on a 20 hour a week or a month retainer, you can eat up that, that time. Yeah, real fast. Real fast. And if you're new to the industry and you want to keep your client happy, maybe sometimes you just don't even bring it up, right? So um, again, it was a, it was a, it was a building block to where, to where I'm at today. Right. So it, you know, I, I won't do retainer based work going forward because it's just, I I prefer it to be project based, you know, it's easier to manage. It's more cut and dry and, and, you know, you can build based on hours or days or however you, you know, do it. But, but it was great for me for the first year because I knew I had X amount of income coming in every month and, you know, maybe I was doing a little more work for, for it, but it still wasn't a set amount of income I had coming in every month. And I knew that I would be good financially. So you said you wouldn't do the retainer stuff. Do you do ever any like longer term type contracts at all? Cause I feel like part, I feel like part of the, the reason that people like, like businesses try to do that is just because it's a more, it's a longer term guarantee of income. And so like, that's kind of nice. And so sometimes, sometimes I wonder about like proposing instead of it being like a retainer, 
where it's like, you know, 20 hours a month for X amount of dollars. It's like, we'll do one video project and deliver 15, 30 second spots Mm -hmm. for the next, you know, whatever. And that costs this much. Is that, I mean, do you ever do no, anything like that? Is it not is it worth it or anything? I, I mean, I, maybe for some folks, I guess, but, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm really not in this to do one project for a client and then never talk to them again. Right. I, I want to pursue a relationship in which they trust me. I mean, yeah. and, and anytime they need work done, they, they call me if it falls within my, do, you, do you find clients doing work a lot? Because sometimes some of my experience has been like some of the, the companies that I've worked with will do two or three videos. And those are the videos that are on their website for the next five years. Yeah. And then in five years when they're ready to do some more, they might hit me up. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have like I happened have, before. Yeah. I mean, I have some clients that I maybe see twice a year, right. Unless I stop in to just say hi and, keep the ball rolling and and let them know, Hey, I'm still out here if you need something. Right. Yeah. Or if they, you know, release something new, I'll reach out to them and go, Hey, it's a great time to do a new video, you know, or, or something like that. But so you have to be proactive with them. Some companies don't have to rely on, you know, professional level work, you know, cause they, there's people out there that buy their t-shirts or buy their beverages and, and they're posting stuff on Instagram or, or Facebook and, they'll message him and go, that's a great photo of you and your dog with our product. Can we post it? Can we repost it? Sure. You know, so that that's free content for them, which, yeah. which works well. Yeah. It works really well. But uh, especially if it's an influencer of some sort and it's, you know, a decent image or video. Right. I mean, and then there's like, they can give them some kickback too. And it's just a mutual like, yes. Yeah. But it, we'll, we'll send you a free t-shirt or. I mean, it's, it's in effect. It's, 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 it's a new, it's a new economy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, yeah, it's bartering. It's, yeah. which is funny because bartering has been around for a very long money. time. <laughs> Dude. I mean, I do it a lot. Yeah. I've got a couple of projects, a couple of barter gigs set up currently. Mm-hmm. And I probably always have like one or two somewhat in the works kind of. Absolutely. And, and it's not necessarily always just intentionally. It's just like somehow it kind of seems to work out that way. And yeah, it's kind of cool, man. Some of my favorite projects have come that way. Yeah. I mean, if your needs are being met, then why not? Right. Yeah. I think it's okay. To win all the way around. Yeah. I mean, I, again, we talked about this beforehand, but I'm a big motorsports guy. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of my, you know, vehicle modifications and accessories, et cetera. I mean, a lot of that's done through, uh, bartering and, you know, trading and those types of things. So, I'm okay with it. I know my wife's really okay with it. So she's like, wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that you can buy your car stuff for a couple of videos. Right. Okay. She's like, you're not home and I don't have to deal with you. And you go get to shoot videos and get free car stuff. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I, I guess what I would say to bartering is if your intention is to ever pursue a monetary exchange with that client, then you probably shouldn't start out bartering. Right. Cause it's, I think it's a really tough transition. Yeah, it is because it's, uh, 
I don't know, unless you're really upfront and forward about, hey, this is how much this thing costs whenever I do it for yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Or, hey, we're going to barter, but we're going to barter in a sense of I charge you full rate, you charge me full rate, and we trade the difference somehow. And maybe I owe you 500 bucks instead Agreed. of 5,000. Yeah. Or something along sure. those lines. Sure. I feel like those are ways you can kind of, we could do it. I've never done it that way, really. Like I can think of. No, it's always been pretty casual exchange, but they're also with, you know, typically they're they're people that I'm very trusting of, and and there's a personal relationship there, and has been for a long time. Yeah. So it's a there's a level of comfort. It's right? almost more like I'm hanging out with a buddy, mm-hmm. and we're just kind of helping each other with our own th- with our own separate things. Yeah, like. You know, you have this skill and I have this skill. You're an expert at that skill. I'm I'm pretty good at this skill, and let's you know, yeah. You do your thing, I'll do mine. I, and we and at least for me, I'm like, and we like to hang out together. Yeah, we can. So stand let's just one like another. hang out and it's do cool. that. Yeah. And so then it's almost like I didn't spend the day working. Exactly. I spent the day taking off of work and hanging out with my friend, Agreed. working on a project together. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. Uh. So what is there other kind of stuff you barter for? Mm-hmm. What do you do? No, not, not unless the wife comes to me and it's like, Hey, I'm doing, you know, like I'm getting my hair done. And I told this lady you do video work for, her, so I really can't say You're like, Oh, th- thanks. Honey. Thanks. Appreciate, appreciate that. You know? So, Hey, just come back to her sometime and be like, Hey, um, I'm having some friends over and I told them that you're going to cook for us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> She's like, "What?" Like, yeah. Ah, remember, that she, hair, remember that time you got a haircut and I video? She loves yeah. to cook, so that's you know. Oh, she'd probably be yeah. all happy about it. Yeah. Ecstatic. So she's good with that. So when are we yeah. having? Yeah, anytime, man. Place? Yeah, she was a she went to school for culinary arts. Oh, so really? She, yeah, she oh, was a chef yeah. for a okay. while. Yeah, so she's great at it. Now she just gets to do it for fun, which is even better, right? It used to be her job. Um, which she like, she hated it when it was a job, <laughs> but now she loves it. So dude, cooking's fun, man. Yeah. She's, what, uh, yeah, I've gotten into it a lot the last few years. I'll enjoy watching her cook. And so funny, not it. to side, not to get off track here, but it's kind of a funny story. So I met my, I met my wife through an old coworker back in the day. And, um, it, we, we went on a blind date, right? Like, and I mean, I even asked this girl, I was like, do you have a picture of her or anything? She's like, nope. Oh, She's like, like, Here, oh here, here's shit. your phone number. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, maybe I'll call her. Right. Which I did. And we went, we literally met, like she was babysitting her friend's kid. Okay. And uh, she's like, hey, just come over. You know, she goes to bed at eight. I'll cook dinner, blah, blah, blah. And so she's in the kitchen cooking and she's like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to come help me cook? I'm like, nah, good. <laughs> like I don't cook, you know? And she's like, okay. You know, she's thinking this guy's an asshole. Right. But, uh, she cooks dinner. She throws like, she's like rented rented. I guess she probably had it on VHS, which you're probably too, too nah, young. I know to VHS. Know but, uh, she's like Scarface. She would watch Scarface. And I'm like, man, this girl's got game. Like I'm okay. done. Right. But she, she always tells everybody that story. She's like, I, I asked him to come help me cook. And he said, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, well, at least I was up front with you. Like, I didn't try to hide who I am. 
you know? Like, oh, actually, yeah, later on, actually, yeah. I don't like cooking. I just. Yeah. You, you know, you stay in your lane, you know what I mean? So. Hey, you know, it works in a lot of different ways. Personal yeah. life. Kitchen's life, less crowded, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. Back to, back to the task at hand. Back I guess. To the, yeah. the freelancing. Not the romancing. That's right. Yeah. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Which I don't think that was much of a romancing <laughs> goal, but you know. That's where it all started. That was the spark. Yeah. Yeah. When he said no, he I said, said yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. When he said no, I really knew he was meaning yes <laughs> yeah. in so many other ways. That's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay. It's going to be the first podcast you have to actually cut up. <laughs> I don't know, man. I might leave a lot of this in there. Oh, it's no. Kind of, you know, we'll see. We'll see. What, uh... Okay, so... With, um... You said kind of you're doing stuff like project basis now, basically. Fully. Project basis, yeah. All project basis. Everything's project, yes. Uh... What do you do as far as, uh, like, I mean, when it comes to projects, are people coming, are companies coming to you and proposing ideas to you? Yeah, a little, or little of both. Um, obviously we work with the shop agency a lot, yeah. um, and Garrison brothers a lot and they've been, you know, and the funny thing is we met, I met them through common desk, right? So I was doing a, uh, like a membership spotlight video for common desk. And we happened to interview those guys and, and their company was very young and, yeah. and brand new too. They were really new. Yeah. I mean, I think they're three years now. So, mm -hmm. you know, we were kind of in the same boat. Right. And so they kind of asked, Hey, you know, would you ever want I bet we bid against each other for jobs before. It's very possible. So Matt and I went to East Dallas CrossFit together Yep. and met when he was working at Maroc. Yeah. Okay. And... So then when he left and started doing his own thing, I remember there being something at one, like once or twice where they like reached out to me about stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure a lot of us have been against one another at one point. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Yeah. It's just interesting to like hear like another side of like, oh yeah, I was, we were, I was pretty new at the same time they were and yeah. we started working together and like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'm yeah. getting to see another side of like, oh, I wonder whatever happened with what they what yeah, did like they went what, with? What direction they went or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, so so we met them when we did their interview for Common Desk and um and then the opportunity came in to to bid a job. And um and now we've you know, we've been working together for three years or so. And um you know, built this great they have an I mean, they're really good to their they're great to their clients and um, you know, they they've extend the same to me and, and the guys that I hired to work for me. And, um, and they seem like really solid people do. They're great. They're great guys. They're really good guys. And all the work I've ever seen from them is just spot on. Yeah. They're insanely creative and they're meticulous, which, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from all of them. Mm -hmm. Right. And I believe it. they've been loyal and, and, you know, I'm just super appreciative of them for sure. You know, and so um, there's been a lot. They're redesigning my logo right now. You know, which I wouldn't want anybody else to do. It, you know, so um, 
Yeah. I, I, I was lucky that they, very lucky that I was at the, you know, at that moment and that time that I came across these guys, you know? And so, um, you know, one of my biggest and most consistent clients comes through them. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, you gotta have, I think you always have to have that one client that you can really depend upon mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, when they need something, they're going to call. Right. Keep them on lock. Keep yeah. them happy. Yeah. Do you do anything out? Like, do you just do the production for them or is there anything that you do that, that is um, like client experiential outside of production? Like, Hey, we're not just doing camera work or mm-hmm. anything to. No, no. It, I mean, we do all, we handle all the editing, obviously most, you know, unless it's an event that we're covering, if it's a, I mean, more as far as like, like an example would be like, you could do craft services or you could not do craft services. Yeah. We do not do craft services. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, there's been time to Pretty time. small cut dry. Yeah. Like to the point, get shit done. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I mean, most of the situations in which we're shooting on the clients on set, they're on set, we're on set. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's pretty stripped down. We try to keep it as stripped down as possible, you know? And they're what, a two or three or four person agency now? Oh, I think they're, I want to say they're at eight now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're doing great, man. Um, That's not surprising, actually. I've got another friend of mine that's got an agency and they're three years old and I think they're about eight. Yeah. Seven or eight. But yeah, they're, I mean, they're growing. So, so why, why do you freelance with them versus being like on staff or would you be on staff with them or with an agency? Uh, Yes. I think that's a good question that I, I explore on a regular basis, right? Just, internal conversations, you know, like you always ask yourself if, if this client or agency were to come to me and ask, would you do, you know, would you come on board full time? Would you be interested? But, um, I mean, number one, it, it obviously cuts you off from being able to do other jobs with other clients. Right. Um, I, I guess I would consider it for the right amount of money, but I also feel like shooting the same, product you know obviously with an agency it's going to vary but if it were say a customer that wanted to bring you in full-time i think it would get very monotonous just you know shooting the same thing fifty thousand different ways you're going to run out of options at some point right or you're going to become less passionate about it but um i guess i would be open to it for the right you know exchange of benefit (laughs) i feel like you might sound you sound kind of like me a little bit where it's like I, part of the reason I don't want to is because what you're talking about, it feels too like monotonous, same thing over yeah. and over. And I'm like, I like doing the same thing all the time in that like I'm playing with cameras and yeah. I'm editing stuff together yeah. and doing similar types of work. Yeah. But I, I don't want to be in the same room every day. No. I don't want to be in the same people every day. I don't want to yeah. be shooting the same stuff every day. I mean, the coolest part about what we do is relationship building. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Right. Every, I mean, that, that's is what the people always ask, like, what's the recipe, you know? And it's, I mean, be good. If you want to know the secret, like if there was, if there was, there's not like a secret to success necessarily. Right. But I feel like if there was, that is what it would be. Yeah. 
is to just like have good relationships with people. And I didn't get it until the last, it's really only been like the last couple of years where I feel like I've really started to understand that. Yeah. And it's made a huge difference. It's, it's everything, right? I mean, know how to use a camera would be good. But right. It, I mean, <laughs> have if a, you don't know how to do that, then you should, the yeah. relationship's not going to matter. <laughs> yeah. No matter what you do, they're not going to like you. <laughs> yeah. Cool. You're, you're a great friend, but no, <laughs> yeah. Don't be the guy that's like, no, I got a friend that's going to do it. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm going to book the job, but I'm going to send somebody else to handle it. Um, yeah. I mean, it is, it's all, it's all relationship building and just, you know, the service you provide and just to have any quality of standard, you know, standard quality level, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, the funny thing is, is that this is going to sound kind of shitty probably, but um, it's not that hard, right? Like work hard, treat people respectfully and put out a quality product and, and, don't be cocky about it. Like I learn something new every time I shoot anything. It yeah, doesn't same. matter what it is. Yep. Every time I meet somebody new, I learn something new, you know? So the, I think like that's another like key, like maybe another, and that could be another secret would be to always be teachable. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Totally agree. The funny, I mean, I'll get feedback on our work all the time and I'm like, Eh, it's all right, you know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I even lack confidence in it sometimes, but I also think that's probably a healthy place to be, right? Because I'm always, or maybe sometimes it's very unhealthy, but but I'm always striving to do more, to do better, and you know, not all of us have a, a hundred thousand dollar camera at our disposal, yeah. right? So you also just have to learn to work with what you have and and learn the trade. I feel like that's where, I mean, that's really where a lot of the creativity comes from is kind of whenever you have those limits and you're able to recognize that as uh, an avenue for creativity versus Mm -hmm. being a limiting factor. Yeah, I agree. Because to make a very broad generalization, there are two types of people. There are the people who see those as opportunities and they are the people that are killing it and doing badass work. Mm-hmm. And there are the people who um, see them as setbacks or, or, you know, something to hold you back or whatever. And those are the people that are working jobs that they're probably not really super interested in and yep. say, Oh, I've thought about, you know, I would like to do, you know, I want to be a photographer someday or it'd be cool or, you know, yeah. And you're like, they talk about it. But they don't really, yeah. Or, or, oh, I could, but I can't because. Look, man, I mean, it boils down to like, if you're, if you're doing this job for likes, then excuse my language, but just like move the fuck on. Yeah. Right. It's, because it's not. It's a weird, let's like we were talking about beforehand with, in regards to this podcast, one of the things that made the big difference for me and why I picked it up and started doing it again this last, for like for this current season I'm recording now is I was like really discouraged before because I was not getting as much feedback from yeah. it as I wanted or people right. liking my post or sharing my stuff online or yep. whatever. And it just kills it, man. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, 
It just, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a shitty metric. I see, I'll see people, you know, go on a shoot and they, they run home to, to post, right? Like I want everybody to see what I'm doing. Right. And I mean, there's videos that I, I mean, that were cut up a year ago that, that haven't gone online yet. Right. And, and, and they won't until the client puts them up, you know, there's very, very specific, you know, usage for this stuff. But, yeah. But I'm not going to post it until it's at a point where uh, I'm proud of it or it meets the level of quality I expect it to. Right. It's, you know, I don't know. I just, it's, it's not that important to me, I guess, with the, you know, putting it out there on, well, is that because you're a quote older guy? Probably it has a little bit to do with it, you know? I mean, I fight with myself every day. I'm like, I'm just going to screw it. I'm just going to take Facebook and Instagram off of my phone, you know? About what, 350? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, fight, I battle with those demons all the time, you know? But I, I don't know. It's just not, it, it, it's not that important to me, you know? I mean, do you, have you, with the social media stuff, have you seen more come from that stuff at all? Do you feel like? I've never booked a repeat customer. I, honestly, I've made more connections with other freelancers and other people in the business versus actually picking up customers, right? Yeah. Um, you know, if I, if I take a photo of something that I feel is great and it's got a particular product in it, then yeah, I'm probably going to tag them because, you know, if Nissan calls me tomorrow, call me Nissan uh, and says, Hey, we, we want you to do all of our photography or cinematography. Well, hell yeah, definitely want to bid that. Right. But, but it's really unlikely, you know? So I, I guess not. I'd rather put energy into other things. Yeah. Like honing my skill and improving my editing or, you know, whatever. Do you have any sort of a, like a, a routine that you go through or like certain days of the week are reserved for certain types of work or is it just like a hodgepodge of no i mean i no i don't like organizational system or anything that you use or all just on your mind no i mean i i do kind of keep running notes of things that i need to do outstanding projects um but no i mean a lot of it just kind of stays put in my my head which is probably not the greatest place for it, but maybe I'm rebelling against my previous years in corporate. I mean, I am a very organized person and um, I think you could ask anybody who works with me. They always, you know, give me crap because I'm just, I'm on it at all times. You know, it's like, I'll be there at seven 30, you know, and I'll really, we're not leaving until seven 45, but you know, I tell them all 15 minutes early because to be honest, most people in freelance yeah, world are going to be yeah, late. Right? I do that too. Ironically, I was late meeting you here, but <laughs> that was because of traffic. That man. was out of my control. I was late. If you hadn't have been late, I would have, you would have been here before me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, one thing that I think every client will ever tell you is like, I'm probably emailing them before they ever get an email from, or I ever get an email from them. And, um, you know, I'm usually going to be on location before them, you know, ready to go. So that's one thing I think a customer needs to be able to, they got to be able to count on you. Yeah. Always. Right. Know that you're going to be there. There's no question mark. Like 
Unless he's dead, he will be there. Right? So. How long have you been doing this for? Like, since you quit the Full time was, uh, well, so the Side B Productions was created in January of 2017. So it hasn't really been. It's been like three years. Yeah. Hadn't really been too long. Is that when you quit the bank? Then? I quit the bank in late 2016. How much do you think that the bank stuff and your previous life and experience there ties in with the way that you view and run your business now as a freelancer? Yeah, heavily. Heavily. I don't think I would have been prepared to run a business without the experience that I had at the bank, right? I mean, even from, you know, bookkeeping and managing a profit and loss, you know, I, those are all things I had to manage there. Right. And then even managing people that are work, you know, contractors that are working for you on site, you know, although, you know, 99% of the guys that I work with, I also consider them friends, but uh, when we're on a job, you know, like you're the leader, you're, you're the one making sure that everything gets done. Like your shot list is accounted for and people are where they need to be when they need to be there. And, um, and you, you know, it, yeah, so much of what I did in the financial world definitely carries over into what I do now. What, I mean, did you see that from the get go? Like, or did you, I mean, I guess you probably just kind of started implementing that stuff naturally because you had that already. Yeah. I was kind of second nature. I mean, I, I, I managed call centers for a long time. So I had a lot of people I was responsible for. So you're pretty comfortable having people like um, people working underneath you. Absolutely. Under your, yeah. your leadership. And I feel like I'm <clears throat> really good at um, reading people, which sounds funny, but I, I mean, I can, I can typically work with somebody once and know whether I'm going to invite them back again to work with us. Yeah. You know, um, for me, it's really big. Like I have to be able to trust you and, and you have to be, you know, these are all really 101, you know, employment statements, but you know, it's like you'd be on an interview. I'm a self-starter. I'm, you know, I get to work on time. You know, those are all things that I look for in people that work with us on jobs. And if you can't do those simple things, then it's just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I can see how people might have a hard time understanding that at first because sometimes the nature of this work can seem very fun or glamorous or non-work like. Yeah. Because it's not quote a real job or like whatever, which is bullshit because it is so much work. (laughs) Yes, it is. And it's not glamorous in any way, shape or form. Um, Yeah. Maybe like a little bit. I mean, there's been some really cool moments. The glamour is not, not this, no. the glamour is not the word I would mm-hmm. use. No, I mean, I've found myself, you know, laying in the mud and yeah, unless and, glamorous is like drenched in sweat. Yeah. Muddy. We've done 24 hour straight shifts. I mean, like crazy stuff, you know, but, but I mean, I enjoyed every moment of it. There's mm-hmm. not a moment where I'm like, damn, I wish I was back at the bank, you know, never. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. What, uh, so when you're working with crews and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, or just anybody in general, it like scaling up or down wise, where it's not just you by yourself. Yep. What kind of stuff do you hire for? 
Uh, I'll ha- hire for, you know, a focus puller, an audio tech, another camera op. Or if it's a project that I need to be, you know, insanely in tune with the production side of it, I'll hire a camera op and then I'll just, you know, kind of bring all my equipment and, and make sure everything stays on time and on track and, you know, maybe ask the interview questions if I need to. So it took me a long time to, <laughs> to, to, uh, delegate some of that. I think for the, and I think a lot of people feel this way, especially, um, well, I don't know. I can be a prideful person. So can't we all, yeah, you know, it's a downfall of all of us, I think, yeah. but for the longest time, it's, you know, I had to have my hands on a camera or a piece of equipment at all times, or it wasn't mine per se. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, there are times when you are scaling that you have to tell yourself like, look, my having a camera in my hand right now is not the, not the most efficient place to be. Right. Uh You know, like you need to make sure certain things are happening, you know? And just so, because you're not doing it, it's not, doesn't mean it's not, not yours. Right. Part exactly. of it. Like it's under yeah. your guiding. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, and that's why it's important to have people, uh, that you can, you can trust. Right. You know, if you're, you know, sending someone off with a shot list at an event or, or, you know, to handle a different, like you have a couple sets going or something and, uh, you got to know that you, know, you shouldn't have to go look back through their footage every hour to go. <laughs> did did you get it? Did you know? Is it done the way I asked it to be done? You know, the, the just, cards dumped. You got everything backed up, right? All right, better. You know, whatever. Yeah, you know, I get to play dad at home. I don't like to have to play dad on the road ever. So I mean, you, sometimes do I do. You do whenever you are looking for crew members or employees or whatever you want to call them. Do you do any sort of like interview process or anything like that? Or what's, and you have kind of like a vetting process or anything like that? You know, I mean, I, I have a really, I keep my circles pretty small in my business and honestly in my personal life too. Right. So, um, you could probably widen that net a little bit, but at the same time, I think it's, you know, putting, investing into a few relationships is a lot easier than in trying to you know, sprinkle a little bit of pepper on, you know, a hundred of them. Yeah. Um, so most of the guys that I work with now, um, man, I, I trust them with my life, you know, like they handle their shit and, and it's not something I have to worry about. So unless, you know, they move on to bigger and better or, you know, they're needed, they're not available, you know, um, then I'll just do it myself, <laughs> you know? Um, but no, I mean, I, if I find somebody who's a go-getter and like they really want to work, I'll probably give you an opportunity. I'm going to be over your shoulder the whole time um, and give you an opportunity to prove yourself. Right. Um, and hopefully you do. And if you do, then yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give you more opportunities. Right. Um, and I'm even fine with, you know, people that are really new to the industry as well, because I've had so many people help me along this journey that have been willing to share information and give me opportunities. I'm all about paying that forward. You know, I, I kind of started this conversation before we started the podcast, but um, one thing about moving from where I was to where I am now, I felt like it was really important to come into the industry in a respectful way. If that makes sense. There are a lot of people who just kind of come blowing into this industry because 
they ran to the camera shop and spent five grand. And now I'm a photographer, I'm a filmmaker. Right. And, and I think it's, it's a little bit off putting, right? Like you have to put in your time and you have to, you have to learn this business in a more traditional sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, like it's not just about a camera and doing, it's not, and it, like pushing a button and, or getting likes or, or, you yeah. know, and, and so it's a facet of the business. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, I, if I see somebody that's, and you had mentioned it earlier, you know, being, you know, being teachable, right. I mean, I'm still, I still learn stuff from, from people who are very green to the business. And I learn a whole lot from people who've been around a long time, whether it's from just watching them, you know, in picking up those skills or asking questions, you, you know, you just, just, I guess just be humble about it, you know? So yeah. I don't know, but no, no vetting process necessarily. I mean, if you want to work, then, you know, show, maybe show me some of your work. I'll check out some of the stuff you've done. Um, and I can tell real quick if it's going to blend with the style of work that, that we do. And if it doesn't, then I'm, probably going to be a no, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like if you send me a bunch of wedding footage, it's going to be a no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, not exactly. No, we yeah. don't do that. Um, go hit up somebody that does weddings. Yeah. You know, or if you send me like a, a reel and it's all slow-mo, then probably not going to happen either. But I think slow-mo is a little overused. But what if I am a video person and I can do all these other things? Mm-hmm. Why? Does it matter if I only show the slow motion stuff? If I can do the other stuff and I just do the well, slow motion because I like in, it. I guess my first question would be, why didn't you put it in your reel? I mean, I just, I don't really do it very much. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. I can, that's, I know I'm good with cameras. Like I've been, you know, I've been using them a yeah. long time, but, but you know, slow-mo is kind of like my style and stuff that I like to do, but I can do anything. I think, I think if you're going to provide somebody your, your reel or like sample footage, you got to show some diversity in it, right? Like you got to show those different skills, right? Cause I'm, I mean, slow-mo has its place. Like, I mean, I'm all about a slow-mo, you know, a, a 120 frame slow pour, you know, somebody getting wrecked by, a, you know, like a car doing a burnout. And sl- I mean, that stuff's all cool. Right. But you got so like, you got to be able to like make some stuff happen in real time too. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, I, I, you know, a pretty small group of people and, and they've all come through, I mean, they've all, you know, two of the guys I met were, I mean, I met through Ryder, you know, and where did I, how did I meet? I'm trying to remember how I met Ryder. Hoping to get him on here eventually. He, uh, for those of you who, most of you probably don't know, but Ryder's an audio tech Everybody he, knows who uh, Ryder is. Come on, man. Yeah, I guess if you're it's in the industry. Ryder. <laughs> Ryder Ansel. He will love that I'm giving him shit on this podcast. <laughs> I've been calling, I nicknamed him Hollywood. This is his new nickname. Oh, where does that come from? Well, the little project he's, okay. we got to keep that hush. But Hush, hush. Sh- but Hollywood. Listen to a future episode featuring Ryder Ansel talking about the hush sh- project. That's right. Hopefully. And it, you won't be able to see his new tan, but. I'm sure it's there. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to like your like accounting and bookkeeping mm-hmm. and dealing with taxes and 
all that. How do you handle those things and why? Do you that do all comes that way? pretty easy to me just because it, yeah. you know, I had to do um, a lot of accounting based stuff at my previous job and numbers obviously were a part of it. Um, but I, I'm, QuickBooks is, you know, I lean on QuickBooks pretty heavily. I just recently, um, up until, you know, about two weeks ago, I was handling most of my book, well, all of my bookkeeping myself. And now I've got um, a contractor that, you know, helps organize transactions and files, receipts, and those types of things. Um, but before then, I, I handled all that stuff on my own, you know? And I'd basically, um, usually Sundays is when I would do it. So maybe I did have a little bit of a schedule okay. <laughs> yeah. coming back to that. But uh, usually on Sundays, you know, I'd kind of keep receipts and whatnot stacked in a certain area. And every Sunday I'd go in and upload everything and organize all my transactions. Um, taxes, I, I have a guy, it's actually my neighbor. <laughs> He's been a CPA for like 35 years or something. But um I think at some point you, you know, you get to the point where you're busy and you need to be out making money and, and focusing on business things. And so it's important to outsource that stuff, but you know, it's just part of kind of scaling a business, which is, there's no, I mean, I'm sure there's a mathematical equation to it, but every business is different. So for me, you know, the least amount of expenses as possible for the longest period of time was important. Right. So, and, and it was really hard for me to even start outsourcing some of that stuff. You know, I mean, I don't know the reason I haven't. Yeah. I mean, you'd rather have it in your own pocket, right. Than give it to someone to else it too. That's true. You know, so, um, you just kind of have to judge that on, on what works yeah. for you and when the time is right, you know? And for me, number one, I, I hate bookkeeping. It sucks. Um, tracking mileage and all that stuff, but it, it's part of it. And if you're, you know, if they're people who are new to the business or have been in the business a long time and you're not handling those things, I'll just go back to your future t-shirt. You know, if you don't run your business as a business, you're, you're not a business. You're not a business. Right. So um, these Good are all luck whenever it comes time to pay taxes and you realize you haven't been charging enough. Right. Or, or, or keeping track as, of stuff. Sales tax is a simple thing like sales tax, right? Like if you're doing commercial cinematography or photography, like it's a really gray area, but you should be charging sales tax for everything or how do you, how do well, it kind of depends on the state, right? That you're working within or the zip code you're working within. But my basic understanding, you know, I trust people who are experts in the field, but uh, if you're passing off work to a client that's going to use that work to then make money, right? They're selling a product or they're advertising a product. You should be charging sales tax. Okay. Yeah. And that's just one more layer that you have to, you have to, to contend yeah. with. Right. And it's a, uh, it's a pain in the butt, but got to do it. You know, do you, you find people, do you ever have people push back or have any flack or anything for sales tax? No, I have not. No. Um, you know, the only conversations I've had is if, you know, every once in a while I work with a nonprofit organization, obviously they're tax exempt. Um, so I'll get the proper paperwork. So we, you know, that way you can file it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, whenever you're pricing out projects, then are you, uh, 
because I feel like some of this ties in with that. Mm-hmm. How do you price stuff out whenever you're like giving a bid? As far as like, how do you a how do you how do you itemize stuff or list it out on an invoice? Yeah, or a proposal. Mm-hmm. But then also, how are you getting to the whatever number amounts you're getting to? So generally, it it it's based on a, like a day rate. You know, I, I pretty much day rate everything. Um, for me, or if it's for my guys, you know, or if there's three of us, then we're all going to have a certain day rate that we're, you know, that we want to make. Right. Um, and I mean, pricing is there. I will say this, right. In this industry, I don't think there, I mean, obviously, you know, this and, and I think most people will learn this. There's no standardized pricing model out there, right. You're not going to go to Google and go standardize, you know, Video pricing. It's not is, like like a cab service or something where it's like no. It, I mean, these are the rates. You've got you know directors out there that are that charge ten thousand dollars a day, and you have directors out there that charge you know six fifty a day. I mean, it just kind of depends. But I also think there's consideration. Pricing can be scalable based on um, you know the client that you're working with and how the product's going to be used, right? So. If you, you know, something like photography, you know, if it's, they're going to use it on their website and they're, you know, a mid-sized to small company, then, you know, you may have just a basic day rate that you charge them, right? And if it's a day shoot, it's going to take you maybe a day to edit, then you charge them two days worth of, you know, production and editing, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But if it's a bigger customer that you know is going to be putting up, you know, say billboards and they're going to be running big ads and they're going to be nationwide. Well, then they may be on a different day rate, right? Because it's a much bigger scale job, right? So those are all things that, that I take into consideration. But one thing I do do for any of my existing customers at the beginning of each year, I will send them the base bare basics of what day rate is for production, what day rate is for editing, and, you know, if there's a price change come January, right? Because as you grow, your pricing is going to grow yeah. over time. Yeah. Or you, you know, you, you invest more in equipment or your skill becomes better. You know, you have to be able to scale your pricing. Um, and I think that's just an honest upfront disclosure with your customers too, right? So, hey, come January, pricing is going to change a little bit, right? So, um, you know, there's like, do you charge for, say, um, pre-production meetings. I don't. Right. Neither do I, but but at some point we should. Right. So I guess it kind of depends on how long, well, it would depend on how long a pre-production meeting is or what it is. Um, but when you're assembling a crew of people or you're going to pick up rental gear, you know, these are all, these all kind of factor into pre-production to me, right. Or administrative type fees. Right. You you probably have a lot more than I do because I'm, by myself. Sure. But over time that may change for you. Yeah, right. Yep, so, yep. but these are things I think you have to take into consideration over time. Um, you know, at the end of the day, as a freelancer or a business owner, uh, you know, you got to go home and feel like you made a fair wage and feel good about it. Right. Because I think that also affects the work too. Right. If you become bitter over time that man, I did all this work for this company and I didn't make anything. And, you know, you hear people say that stuff all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and I just put that back on them, you know, like, well then charge what you're worth, you know, you should have taken that job. Yeah. I, I mean, 
sometimes there are tough conversations that have to be had, right? So be brave enough to have them and be confident in yourself, right? How, I mean, so if you had to have one of those conversations, how would you? I've had them several times, but in the politest way possible, right? I mean, you have to be professional about it, but, um, and have something to quantify it too, right? Hey, we did X amount of work for you last year. And this is what we charge you. This is roughly how many hours that were worked. And, you know, there's always going to be a time where, you know, maybe an edit takes, I don't know, let's just say two days, right? Um, or let's say it takes 30 hours or you, you, you probably, you know, if it's a good client, they've been with you a long time and they're loyal to you, probably going to charge them two days. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 You know, because ultimately, you know, I want, I want them to keep coming back. Right. So I try not to be as much of a stickler on that stuff, but then when pricing changes happen or difficult conversation needs to happen, then that's when you pull that card out. Right. So last year you, you received roughly, you know, a, a hundred hours of work that could have been billed for, but it, but it wasn't because I rounded down for you or, or whatever. Right. So, um, there's just not an, there's not an exact science to it, unfortunately, mm -hmm. you know, but I do think that it's important that if you want a client to keep coming back to you over and over and over again, there are some concessions that, sh that you have to make. Right. So if a client comes to me and goes, and we want to repurpose this video from last year and we just need one tweak to it, right. It's going to take you maybe, let's just say it takes you an hour. Are you going to bill that customer for that hour? Or are you just going to just handle it? Depend. I mean, I'm it probably depends, just going to handle it. I'm probably it. just going to do it right. if I can. Right. Unless I just really can't do right. it. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, those are just, and, and I guess probably some of the uh, like hardcore business guys would say, oh my God, don't ever do that. Right. But I also feel like, some of my customers are, you know, like they're, they're awesome, man. They're, they're like extension of my family, right? Like we, we really enjoy working together. And I know that they're, when they need something, they're always, they're going to come my way. Right. So David, David at the shop always jokes. He's like, it's the side B difference, you know, like, <laughs> it's so cheesy, but, but I do feel like that's how you kind of set yourself apart, you know, with, you know, if you cut a video, you know, you go shoot a video for a client and then they say, you know, what's the turn time going to be? Thir you know, some guys are like 30 days, 45 days, you know, and I'm like, when do you need it? You know, and if it's within reason, it'll get done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, Which you is they're solid clients and they've been around for a while. Usually it's, it's within reason. And yeah. if you can't get it to them within the time they want, like, once again, you've got that relationship with them and they understand typically yeah. like, Hey, you would tell me if he couldn't get it to, you know, if he could get it to me that amount of time, he would tell me. Right. Absolutely. You got to tell him up front. Like you set those expectations you can't up front. can't get it right? to him in that amount of time. Don't tell him you can. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Always, always honesty, full and complete disclosure and honesty at all times is, it's so important. You know, I, I learned that in the financial world real quick, because especially managing employees, right? I remember when I first moved into management, I was, I was so scared to give feedback to people. Like, I'd even do this sandwich thing, you know, like, hey, Casey, I really like your hat. Your camera hopping yesterday was, eh, it was okay. Um, but cool shoes, man. 
And now you're like confused, right? He complimented me. He gave me mediocre feedback and then he ended it with a compliment, right? So yeah. then, now you're, it's like, wait, did I just, did I get so in trouble you, or are we cool? Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> did we break up or are we still together? <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I, I think it's the same with the client, you know, you have to, and it just takes time to get there as a, as a person, as a, you know, a business owner or even working for someone else. You know, if you're in the leadership role of any kind, um, you just have to get to that point where you have these language skills to have that conversation to where you don't come across angry or upset and, and you're, uh, you're able to deliver the message in a professional way, but that it has impact. Yeah. I think right? some of that comes with just kind of learning how to com- communicate differently with different people yeah. because, you know, some people need something in a more loving way. Other people need to be like, Hey man, it's true. I need you to buckle this up, man. Yep. It's true. Like um, a perfect example, which is, you know, do your clients, pay after or they pay before I get that question all the time right? uh, that's a good one yeah you know how, how do you do it right some people do 50% up front some people ask for the full amount um, and some people say you know what they've been on board forever and I'll just bill them after right so um, and it you know I, I don't think there's any perfect recipe to it but if you've been with a client for a long time and and they know that it, the job's going to be done. I don't think there's anything wrong for asking for, let's just get the payment out of the way now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You're settled up with, and, and typically what I'll do is, you know, if it's and, and by the way, like 90% of what I do now is, is, is video based. Like the photography's there, but it's, there's just not a ton of it that happens anymore. Um, unless it's just for me to spiritually, you know right. I mean? Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> a lot of times I'll, I'll, you know, I'll request the production expenses and, and fees up front. And then the editing will come once that final cuts approved and delivered. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I've learned to break them up that way too, is because, you know, sometimes you go into this <coughs> project <coughs> with a vision of what it'll be, what the edit will be. Um, but you know, it changes sometimes, right? So there may be extra time baked into that editing effort that wasn't accounted for, right? And so the, you know, I just think it's easier to break them up, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so that makes sense. You know, unless it's just a very cut and dry, it's storyboarded, and you know exactly what the end result needs to be, and then if it if it varies from there, then you can tell the client, right? Hey, hey, it's not what the original scope was. Yeah, yeah, this is outside of the original scope of work. You know, I did have to put an extra day of work or two days of work in this. Do you do like contracts or any like scope of work kind of stuff to kind of uh, keep that stuff outlined? And Sometimes we'll write a scope of work or, or a very detailed email. I, I should probably be better about putting contracts in place. But again, most of the clients that I work with, we've been working together for so long now. There's just a trust there, which is... Most people will probably say that's scary, right? Um, but, you know, we just, there's an open line of communication. You know, everybody's open and upfront and, and it is what it is, you know? So yeah. I, I'd not run into a whole lot of problems there, honestly. So, and I think that also boils down to just being able to read people and know who you want to work with, 
right? Because I'm not going to lie. There's, there's been clients that I've worked with that I'm, I'll, you know, like I've done one job for them and, and they have called me back and I've said, look, this is just not gonna, this isn't how I work. You, you know, this just isn't, I can't do it, you know, and I'll refer them to somebody else. So, I mean, I know that sounds. <laughs> no, dude, I think you shitty, have to but, do it, man. I, it, it's hard to do it at first. Cause I had a really hard time doing that. Um, but there have been a few clients over the years that I've cut off and just the amount of mental duress and stress that they cause sometimes. Yep. And how much it trickles out and affects everything else going yeah. on. Yep. And if you've got two or three of those clients and plus, I mean, with business being majority referral base, th- I find clients tend to refer clients similar to themselves. Yes. hundred percent. And so I'm like, I don't want another client like this. And so I don't give a shit if I don't get a referral from yep. them. Yeah. Cause I don't want their referral. <laughs> it, it's almost like, you know, someone you've been friends with for 20 years and, and they're vouching for you. Right. So yeah. like the clients I have and love, if they refer somebody to me, I'm on it. Like, cause they've just vouched for this company. Right. And, and to me, if they're vouching for them, it tells me like they're, they're going to, you know, I don't want to say the word easy to work with, but they're, they're going to be within that tolerance. You know, they're going to, they're going to pay you on time and they're going to respect your time and, and they operate under the terms that you would hope they would. Right. right? But at the same time, you have to deliver that your side of that to them. Like you have to show up on time. You have to deliver Mm -hmm. the project on time. And so it's not just like, Oh, well this is a really shitty client. They don't ever pay on time. Like, okay, well yeah, you were 20 minutes late to the shoot. Yeah. Your camera didn't work. Yeah. You you have to have the same expectations of yourself. Well, you have to have greater expectations of yourself than you should of your client, right? Yeah, yeah. In my opinion. Do you uh, ever get people referring clients to you in a, in a sense of like, hey, you should reach out to this client, this this company versus, hey, you should reach out to this production company. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of times it'll be. Like, are bit- you ever the one reaching out to businesses? Yeah, but usually it's teed up a little bit, right? Like, hey, we've worked with this guy and we really enjoy it. I think I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to have him call you, that type of thing, right? Um, Typically what I'd consider more of a warm lead than just a completely cold call, right? Um, So yeah, usually usually warm, I would say, at least lukewarm. What What are those conversations like when you have them? I'll just call and introduce myself and, and, you know, indicate who referred me to them. And, uh, you know, I understand you might have some needs, you know, some video needs or some photography needs, you know, can we set up a time to chat, you know, you know, is now good, that type of thing. Um, or maybe initially it's an email, you know, versus a phone call. Um, but that, I mean, usually if I'm getting a referral from a client, it's because they, they know this other person is looking for someone. Right. Right. And so, um, it's never a guaranteed thing because budget always plays obviously a big factor, right? But, um, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, now my clients just vouch for me, right? So 
Um, and there's obviously a relationship between these two companies or people already. So they trust that they're vouching for me. Right. So I think that holds a ton of weight period. Right. Mm-hmm. Anytime a company you respect vouches for you or someone else, right. Like uh, name a reputable brand that you, you know, utilize. Um, Lululemon. Lululemon. Okay. So if Lululemon told you to, you know, you need to go buy this product, you know, whether it's a, I don't know, a wallet or, you know, something you use every day, they vouch for that company. Yep. Right. Yep. You'd be more likely to buy that product than, than one that they, another company that I don't use. That you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. They have no reputation Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Right. So, um, you know, I think that that's a huge, that's huge. I feel right? like, like that's one of the, over the years I've really, um, I don't like to be pushy mm-hmm. or try to sell, but in a non-pushy way, I've tried to push client testimonial videos. Sure. Because man, they just tell a story in such a different way. Great. Whenever you have that third party vouching for you, like mm-hmm. it's really, really powerful. I agree. And especially cause it uses language that, will speak directly to other people like that. So long as the people that you're doing the, the videos deliver well. Oh, and that they're the types of clients that you want to get. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because they're going to use the same language and verbiage that more clients like them are going to yeah. hear. It's going to prick their ears up. No, I mean, I, that's probably one of the first things I pitch to any client. Like if we've done a project with a client and, and they, have, they haven't considered testimonials, I always throw it out throw it out there. Right. Like it seems like such a no brainer to me. Yeah. Like if I'm going to do any type of marketing video piece, that's what it is Mm -hmm. every time. It should be at least a starting point always. Yeah. So what, uh, dude, what, uh, what other stuff we talked about a lot of stuff. What, uh, is there any stuff, especially relating to like newer freelancers that you feel like we ought to cover that we haven't talked about? Hmm. I mean, I'd, I'd definitely say like, if you're jumping into this swimming pool to, for the money right out of the gates, you know, it's, this is more of a marathon. It's not a race, right? So, you know, be prepared to invest the time. I think my business has grown pretty rapidly for how young it is, but I think it has a lot to do with just you know, work ethic and prior experience, just having, um, it's the right word I'm looking for here. I just having a certain pacing that came from my previous career, you okay. know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been, people used to make fun of me all the time. It's like, why do you always, why do you guys walk so fast? You know? And it's like, I, I got, it's kind of the demeanor you have. You have this like intentionality to, yeah, of got, like we're going somewhere to do something. Yeah, there just needs to be a level of intensity, right? If you think you're going to jump into this, you know, I mean, gosh, how many people are in, you know, attempting to be successful at this trade nowadays is, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but I would say, and it's super competitive, right? And I'll tell you this, like I, you know, Bo and Daniel at Think Branded Media have been awesome to me. You know, I've done a few things with them way back in the day where I did some behind the scenes photography. And, but that guy, like, 
he'll pick up the phone or call me right back anytime I've ever had a question. Right. And so. Oh, dude, um, he'll sit and talk for like 20 minutes and I'm like, okay, I can let you go now. And it, yeah. 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 I mean, and he'll just a wealth of knowledge. Right. And, and it's, you know, he's not scared to share it. And I think that's really important is, you know, one, if we want this industry to continue to grow as a whole, we need to share our knowledge with others. And two would be is, you know, if you look at everybody as your competitor, it's just like, there's space for everybody. There's plenty of work. for Somehow there's space for everybody to succeed. Yeah. At least that's been my experience. The people that really want to do, and I am still eating just fine. Yeah. Same. And, and I mean, you know, there's plenty of, I have one of the, one of the big, one of the reasons why I wanted to move into the, a different industry is just having a work-life balance because I didn't have that ever before, you know? And so I definitely, like, I have plenty of time for me and my wife and my, my family, you know what I mean? That I didn't have before. So, you know, what that also tells me is I also have room to work more, right? So, yeah. um, but I also have some level of control over how much I want to work. You can flux that in and out if you want to. Yeah. You know, there's maybe periods of time where I work for, like a solid two months without a day off. And then I, maybe I don't work for a week because I don't want to, like I need a break. Yeah. I'm old. Remember? (laughs) So, um, you know, I just don't, don't come into this with this super competitive, you know, jock mentality, so to speak, you know, like we should all, we're all one big family, you know, like let's just share, let's share in it. You know yeah. what I mean? We, uh, we definitely do create better together. It's just like collaborative, kind of like synergistic thing. Man, for sure. Um, well, dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Where uh, can people find you and your work online? I mean, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, the website's kind of under construction right now. We're doing a little bit of rebranding, but uh, Side B Productions LLC should get you to most of our pages, so. Cool, man. Well, thanks so much. I'll put some links to that in the show notes. And uh, thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode. As always, if you got something out of this, or you know somebody that you think would benefit from it, please share it with them. Uh, you can email, share online. You know how to share. I don't know why I feel like I need to tell you this. And if you would go leave a rating and review, because I need your validation so much right now. <laughs> I'm feeling so insecure. Go validate me, y'all. Nah, I'm just kidding. I, you know, it really just helps me know if the stuff I'm doing is helpful for you. And uh, otherwise, I'm just going to kind of keep doing things the way I am. Anyway, thanks for listening to me ramble on the end of this episode. <laughs> Be with you next time. Later. Nice. <laughs> Freelance Freddy is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a freelance content creator based in the United States and available worldwide. Vacacy, big production value, freelance agility and scale.